your host, Asherita Chuchu, and today we're talking to my new friend, Stacy Thacker, about feeling disappointed. She's an author, a speaker, wife to her husband of 27 years, and mom to four daughters. Her most recent book is called Threadbare Prayer, prayers for hearts that feel hidden, hurt, or hopeless. So you can see why she's the perfect guest to have on during this season of praying through hard emotions. Just like her book, our conversation covers a lot of territory from teenage heartbreak to chronic health issues and ongoing parenting challenges. And for our Patreon prayer partners, we have an extra segment of this conversation with Stacy that you're not going to want to miss. We actually talk about how to walk with your child through their own disappointments in a way that draws them closer rather than pushing them away from Jesus. So if you're not a monthly prayer partner, you're really going to want to sign up in order to hear that extra segment. Okay, here's my conversation with Stacy Thacker. As we jump in, I would love for you to do a little thought experiment with me. Okay. Um, so thinking back on your childhood, when is the first time that you can remember feeling disappointed? Like you had certain expectations and they weren't met. Childhood. That, that's throwing me. Um, okay. Maybe not the first one, but what's like okay, the significant well, me, moment? Okay. Okay. I will go back. I'll, I'll go to high school. That seems <laughs> a little easier. Um, I feel like in many ways my I had it. I mean, from my perspective, I good I had loving parents and a good childhood. You know, for the most part, grew up in a small town, and so there wasn't a lot of drama. I think one of the first times I felt really disappointed was in high school. I think my dream was always uh, I sang in high school. My dream was, you know, to be the lead in the High School Musical. I mean, that's like a movie, right? <laughs> this is many years ago, um, and. I did not get the part largely because my director was not happy with me. And I really remember um, feeling very disappointed um, that my one dream wasn't going to be fulfilled. Um, You know, and looking back, I remember um, making the best of that at the time. I don't know that I took any great spiritual lessons away from it, but it was hard. I just remember that being a real um, key disappointment for, you know, 17 year old Stacy, you know, things, things have changed drastically since then. And I would not qualify missing a part as necessarily a disappointment, but at the time it was probably the biggest disappointment that I'd felt. Yeah. And I think it's easy. I mean, just trying to picture what my hopes and dreams were in high school. Um, I, I think sometimes we can have so much writing on this one dream or this one hope, like our life is going to fall apart if this doesn't happen. Um, and part of maturity, I think, is recognizing, I don't know, life, life goes on. It might look different and, mm-hmm. and maybe my, my wish doesn't come true despite what Disney princess movies always <laughs> say. <laughs> or the Barbie movies. We are big Barbie movie fans around here. And so, you know, dreams and wishes are all in there. But I think even at that age, you know, you have something that you want and then it doesn't happen. And, and then you have to process that. I think looking back, all of those little disappointments prepare you for future disappointments that God works through. And ultimately in that time, I had to realize that, um, his plan was different and I had to be, I had to learn to be okay with that. And in the smallest way that meant a whole lot to me at the time. And I don't think that God judges. I don't think he, I don't think he's 
frustrated with that. And that I think that's what I want to say. He said, it doesn't frustrate him, even when it's like to everybody else. Like right now, I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many more horrible things that I've more, you know, greater disappointments than that. But at that time, God was very gracious in that moment because it meant a lot to me. You know, it was something that I had really put my hopes in. Um, but he was like, you know, no, this isn't my best for you. And, and, you know, his, I've learned his no's are always mercies and I'm sure there was mercy in his no for that for me at the time, but I didn't see it. Mm. Okay. Let's fast forward. What's been a remarkable moment or season in your life where you felt this is not the way I saw this happening. This is not what I had pictured for my life. And, and as a result had to process those unmet expectations and, and what did that disappointment look like at that stage? Mm-hmm. I love that you said process um, because I think in the moment of my greatest disappointments, I don't know that I would have qualified. I would have wouldn't have stopped and said, "Oh, this is very disappointing." I think in the in the midst of those really hard moments, those life changing moments, I think you're just trying to survive, and you're just grabbing on to whatever it is brings you the most comfort. For me in those moments, it was definitely the word of God. It was definitely prayer. But in the moments, I don't know that I processed the disappointment at the time. Now, in hindsight, yes, like going back these days, looking back over the past several years and thinking some of those things, um, for me, it wasn't just one thing. It was it was about three really, truly hard and life-changing events that happened in the in the span of three years. It was walking through a hard thing. The first one being losing my dad suddenly um, after he battled cancer for about five years, but he passed very suddenly. So in the middle of grieving him, um, then the next hard thing, which was a health issue with one of my girls who was only about eight years old at the time. And so kind of trying to pick myself up from the one hard thing and then handle the next hard thing. And then in the midst of a two-year relentless battle with her and this autoimmune disease, having the hardest of the three events show up, which was my husband had a sudden cardiac arrest um, and really fought for his life for about eight days and then spent the next month and then two years beyond that recovering and, and healing from that episode. And so I think the disappointment at the time wasn't really as evident as it was probably in the past year or two. And how have I processed that is to realize if I don't go back and acknowledge the disappointment, that it becomes a hard place in my heart that I have cut the Lord off from. And it becomes a place that is never going to be filled with his presence if I guard it and hold it. And I think sometimes I would look back on that part of my life and I could see myself. I don't know if you do this or not, but and you think back, you can almost imagine and see yourself sitting in your, you're like, fists are clenched and your jaw is set and you're just, you're just doing the best you can in that moment. And there's a part of you that like wants to hold on to the pain because you want to be like, I want to, I want to hold on to it for that girl. Like she deserves to feel that hurt. Like it's, it's okay that she was hurting and disappointed and, and, and struggling. So you kind of want to hold on to it. But I've realized if you don't process it, if you don't offer it back to the Lord for him to redeem then you can't grow. And then you can't, absolutely can't turn around and encourage someone else who's in the middle of their very hard season or their three things or their one thing, whatever it is for them. And so for me to go back and say, um, any part that I'm still holding on to, I'm not giving access to the Lord. That has been the question and the um, 
really the surrender I've had to do more recently. But again, it's been the same thing as even asking myself in that process, where was Jesus in that moment? Where was he when you were hurting so bad that you didn't know, you couldn't stand up because your legs wouldn't hold you up or you couldn't, you didn't even know how you were going to take a breath because everything around you, you know, you got this tunnel vision because you just had to figure out the next moment. Like, where was Jesus in that moment? And for me, it goes back to um, a verse that in the midst of those trials, and then also since then, I've really, really held on to, which is Psalms 23, 1. And um, it just says, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. Mm-hmm. And so for me to say, where was Jesus in that moment? Where's the Lord in that moment? Well, he was being Jehovah. He was being the existing one. He was being the one who had the power to heal and to save and to um, care for and provide. And he did all of those things. Absolutely. But you know where he also was? He was a shepherd and he was tender and he was present and he was caring for my needs and he was holding me even when I maybe couldn't see it visually, like he was there shepherding me. So he had the power to perform and the presence of the shepherd caring for me. And that that is how I've continued to heal because I would say I'm still in that place. I'm still processing and just opening my hands and saying, Lord, if you would just take this hurt and this disappointment and use it in some small way for your glory, I will trust you with it. And I want to invite you to then give back to me in that space, something that's going to be a whole lot more beneficial to people and to my own heart and my family than holding on to that pain is. Yeah, you brought up so much. And Stacey, thank you for sharing those hard moments. I mean, those are like living nightmares. Um, mm. losing loved ones. And and as a parent, watching my child suffer and feeling like I would take the suffering on myself if it meant shielding them, that they don't have to walk through this. Um, and then just the life changes with, with a husband who has that type of a health challenge. Like I can't imagine because I haven't been through that. But um, I'm glad you brought up that it wasn't your immediate reaction to feel disappointed because I can imagine that was probably just crisis mode at that point, just Mm -hmm. trying to get through the day, just like one step in front of another. When my third son, my third child, my only son was born, we were in the NICU with him for for a few days that just felt so dark and hopeless. Um, and, And all I could pray was Psalm 46, 1. Mm-hmm. God is our refuge and strength, a very mm-hmm. present help in time of trouble. And I had no words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there was, I, I literally could not verbalize prayer other than just clinging to that truth and saying that in this dark moment where it feels like we could lose him, God is our refuge. He is our strength. I, it, that just became the mantra. And, and the back backtrack, the melody of our days on those visits to the NICU and back. And I think it's hard to admit disappointment, especially as Christians, because on the one hand, there's this good teaching that we should be grateful for everything and that we should believe that God works everything out for good. And, and if we truly believed that, then we could just receive everything with a smile on our face and that nothing should be hard or difficult or sad because God is sovereign and he's going to work it out for good. Mm. And, 
as a good Christian girl raised in a good Christian home, there was that pressure of, I can't be honest about Mm. this because then it somehow means I don't have faith in God. Um, But I think it's easy to then push down our emotions and ignore them and pretend they're not, they're not real. Um, And, and what I've experienced in, in previous seasons of disappointment is that then drives us away from God. (laughs) If I can't be honest with God about the disappointment, then there's nothing really worth talking about him at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that moment in the NICU for me, and I love that you shared Psalm 23 for you, those were not rote words. (laughs) That was my way of saying, God, this is the lifeline that this is what I'm holding on to right now. Is there a moment when we dare admit that we're actually disappointed with God? Or does that feel sacrilegious? I I think absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. It definitely feels a little unholy, you know, to say, God, I'm disappointed in this. But, you know, if we believe, and I do, that he knows our heart and he knows our thoughts anyway, he knows all that we're filtering. He knows. He knows what we're experiencing. Um, I think for us to not be honest with him, it it just sets us up for not receiving from him because we just, we're holding on to our own self-sufficiency. We're not, we're not trusting him with even disappointment. I think, and I don't, I wouldn't say that it's, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm qualified as a disappointment, but even Jesus cried when Lazarus was dead, you know? So there are those emotions. I think our emotions in those moments, the grief that we feel leads to disappointment, the pain that we feel leads to disappointment. I think that's a very real, honest human place. But if we don't, admit it, it just throws up those walls between us and the Lord where we will, we just like won't let him in and to do the work that he wants to do in our lives. And I don't, he's not shocked by it. I think every time I've come and I've just been poured out my heart, honestly, the response that I've always gotten from him is, I know, I know you're hurting. Let me heal that now. Now that we've gotten that out of the way and you've poured out all that hurt, now I can pour my healing um, balm into your heart. I can I can pour my words into you because you're in a place to receive it. Because we both know you're there, but if you admit it first, it's it's just this pouring out that has to happen. And as I've I've worked through this and I've prayed with this, this has been the one thing people have said to me too: is oh, you were so honest, like you were so honest about what you were feeling. And I thought, yeah, but not on day one, mm. <laughs> you know, definitely not on day one, um, probably not even on day two. But as I went back and God said, okay, now it's time to do the work, that time for honesty definitely comes. And I think if we miss that, we miss so much that he wants to do in our heart. And again, not only just for us, but I think he wants to do that through us for other people. And if we are hardened in that place of, of disappointment instead of soft he will not use us because we won't be prepared to minister to people in their hardest moments. And I love that you brought up the story of Lazarus because we do see Jesus weeping. Oh, this is not how he created creation. Like he yeah. is the giver of life and death is antithetical to who he is. He mm-hmm. wept over the brokenness of that. But I love that we have this intimate exchange before the tomb between Jesus and Martha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can hear the disappointment laced in her words. Like, Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, if you were here, if you would have come, Lazarus would not have died. Mm. 
I mean, talk about unmet expectations. They had sent word to Jesus. They had told him he's sick. We know you can heal him. And and there was that disappointment in her life. And even now, I know you can do it, right? And I, I love that we, in the Gospels, get these glimpses of real human interaction with with Jesus in the Gospels and and that that like you said that the softening of Martha's heart um we we see then the beauty of the miracle of Lazarus coming back to life and then the ending uh of that narration which is when Jesus comes and and they throw a party in his honor and Mm -hmm. and Martha serves and she serves with a full heart Mm -hmm. um man I'm just so grateful that the Bible is not filled with like flannel graph characters that have smiles <laughs> pasted on their faces. <laughs> they have depth. They have depth, don't they? And we yeah. see that in the Psalms too, right? We see mm-hmm. it with David and and Jesus quotes David. He quotes mm-hmm. the Psalms. Like the Psalms are his prayer book. Um, this season in in praying through hard emotions, we're using the Psalms as as our springboard for processing these hard emotions with God. And 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 we see Jesus crying out, "Why have you abandoned me? Where are you? Why are mm-hmm. why is this happening?" Um, Jesus was perfectly God and perfectly mm-hmm. human, um, so I wouldn't say he had unmet expectations necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think that he was wounded by his friends leaving him, mm-hmm. um, by feeling betrayed and abandoned. And so we have a high priest who can empathize with our weaknesses and a God who doesn't turn us away, even when we come to him and say, this is not how I saw this happening. Our journey with infertility or my child's chronic illness or my spouse's illness or the financial difficulties that we're we're facing um, my marriage being on the rocks or wanting a husband and not not finding a person to to marry, like all these unmet expectations throughout life, they can either harden us toward God or they can become the invitation to come and process that with him. Yeah, I think it's that feeling that this isn't the way it's supposed to be, but it is what it is. It is the, it's what we live in. And I think all of those scenes, I love what you said about him meeting Martha and Mary in that moment and both of them expressing their disappointment, knowing that he could have made it very different. But even in that moment, and I think as I go back and I think about my own disappointments, it, it's very similar to what I see him doing with Lazarus is that, you know, yes, I, I could have not, I could have held back my hand, but what I have in store for you is so much better. Because what he then does in raising Lazarus from the dead is we get to see him as the Lord of life and death, that he has power over both. We get to see that resurrection value. And I think, oh my goodness, had Mary and Martha not walked through that very real disappointment. I mean, I have to think that after that moment, they sat when he left and went, what in the world? Why did he allow us to go through that? He's our friend. Like they had deep hurt. But in allowing that, God said, I've got something bigger and better for you. Even if I don't answer your prayers the way you would have wanted, even if he hadn't raised Lazarus, that he would even go to them and say, you know, but I have something better for you. You just have to trust me with the long-term plan, the bigger picture that I do have um, good things coming for you. And I think he just 
working through that with him and trusting him with that, that is where we walk out our faith in the very real aspect of our lives and our world and, and the things that he has for us. So yeah, I love that. Stacey, um, I've loved our conversation and we're running out of time here, but I have one more question for you. Um, and we're going to record this and share it in our Patreon prayer partner group, but I want to hear, um, you're a mom to children. Mm -hmm. I want to hear how you have walked your children through processing disappointments in their lives uh, based on what you have learned and how you have journeyed with Jesus. Um, I got three kids ages eight and under, so I'm going to soak in all the wisdom. <laughs> we'll record that separately. We'll post it. Um, if you're not yet a member of our prayer partner group, you can go to prayers of rest backslash Patreon, prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon and join us. You'll hear the wisdom that Stacy has to offer and so much more that we already have archived there. But Stacy, before we go, um, I would love for you to pray for listeners who feel the weight of carrying this disappointment, some of them for years, and never telling anyone, and never mm -hmm. being honest about it with God, um, and longing to experience not just that peace that Jesus offers, but also the the hope that there's something better on the other mm. side. Um, mm. Would you close us and pray for them? Oh, Lord, um, I just think about um, that one woman who's listening right now and um, the weight that she feels on her shoulders is, is, is significant. Um, nobody probably knows. Uh, only you know, Lord, what she's carrying. And I I just want to um, just pray for her right now, Lord. I, I, I pray that you would um, open her eyes to how you are very present with her. Um, that just like we talked about, that you are her shepherd and that you're near and you're comforting and you're caring and you're able to meet her needs because you know what her needs are. And I want to pray, Lord, that she would open her eyes and see your ability to perform amazing miracles, power over life and death, power over nature, power over all the things that might be affecting her. Um, Father, I pray that she would see you as the one who is able. But Father, I pray that she would lean into those two things, your power and your presence and her relationship with you. And through both of those truths, that she would say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you and I, I, I let go or I surrender and I open my hands, Lord. I'm vulnerable and I'm needy and I'm crushed under the weight of this, but I want to open my hands and give it to you, Lord. Because I know, I know that when I do that, you are going to take it and you're gonna bring healing to my heart. And I pray that you would fill her with your peace, Lord, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we know you can do that because you do more than we ask for or imagine. And I pray, um, Lord, that she would um, trust you enough with it, not to pick it back up, not to say, Lord, give it back so that I can carry it again, but that she would remember that all of that that she feels that feels like it's on her is really resting on you. I pray that the healing will come quickly. I pray that the peace will come and sustain. And I pray that as she walks through this, that there will be joy to begin to bubble up. And that when she crosses paths with someone else that she sees heavy and burdened by the load they're carrying, that she would be able to say, you know what, my Lord, my 
my Jehovah, my shepherd, my friend can carry that for you because he's done it for me. And Lord, we thank you um, for this podcast. We thank you for prayer. We thank you for friends that we've just met who we can connect with deeply. And we pray that you would be glorified in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friend, I hope you make time this week to go back and listen to our prayer episode on praying through disappointment. It's so important that we become honest with God and actually confess those hard things in our lives because as you heard, that's where healing and growth and peace and rest begin. And if you're guiding a child through a season of deep disappointment in their own lives, be sure to listen to our extra segment with Stacy in our Patreon community. If you're not already a monthly partner, uh, you can go ahead and sign up to support us and get access to more prayer resources. Just go to prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon. That link is also in the show notes. So friend, I want to know, did this interview resonate with you? Let us know by sharing this podcast to your Instagram stories and you can tag me in it. I'm at Asherita or you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear where you're listening to this podcast um, and also how God is meeting you through this space. You can also connect with Stacy and learn more about her books at stacythacker.com or on Instagram at stacythacker. Many thanks to our Patreon prayer partners whose financial support makes this podcast possible. Music by Robert Elkins, editing by Angie Elkins, and podcast producing by Kendra Stanton. Thank you again for joining us here. Until we meet again, may you find rest in God's loving presence.